Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. Welcome to Bigger Than Capes. Uh, I think this is episode 74. Evidence for such a shaky. Um, I am Zach, and once again, I'm joined by Angela. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, this is another Valiant episode. As mm. teased in our last Valiant episode, Armaclads, <laughs> we're here to talk about the 2015 Tour de Force that is dead drop yeah um now i don't want to like give anyone any false pretenses about dead drop and the quality no. there within so i thought the best intro for dead drop was to tell you what people thought of dead drop in 2015 that that's good i was one of them but direct yeah. from the book oh excellent <clears throat> so uprock said that dead drop uh, is the single best action comic on the stands a must read? <laughs> was it the only comic on the stands at the time? Newsarama yeah. gave this four stars, saying, Cot's pacing and sense of humour make this book run fast and feel engaging. Mm. Bloody Disgusting gave this four and a half stars, saying it was instantly addictive. Multiversity mm. Comics. <laughs> A fun ride with tons of great action by a great creative team. Comic book resources. Four stars. Thrilling and fast pace. <laughs> Comics Alliance. A funny, fast and bold race through the streets of the Valiant Universe. Also just New York City. Yeah. Uh, Topless Robot, who I'm unfamiliar with the work of. <laughs> and I want to go check them out now. Impressive. <laughs> Dead Drop is another great miniseries from Valiant. Oh, no. Mm. The the taglines are on Dead Drop read a new epic story from Valiant. Yep. Which was only true for like a few months there. Uh yep. a virus yes. on the loose, a king after it. Things are not what they seem. Mm. The things that are not what they seem is is basically every word you've just heard. <laughs> I, yes. I don't want to be too harsh on Dead Drop. Mm-hmm. But which is in itself difficult when that's the kind of things people said about this at the time we love valiant yeah as a duo as a podcast as a as a whole bigger than capes yeah i've never heard a valiant fan talk as positively about this book as the quotes on the book talk about this book no um there's probably several styles more then I've heard people rate it. I, yeah, I, I've had this described as the, you know, the, the worst Valiant book, the worst Valiant crossover. Mm-hmm. Show me, show me you read <laughs> Valiant without reading Valiant. Yeah, I literally, we've both read this uh, multiple times now. Sadly, yeah. Uh, Will has read this. I think Matt's read this. Uh, everybody, everyone I know who has like dipped a toe into Valiant Mm. checks this out and i understand why because the premise that this is going to be like four issues and each issue's protagonist is a different valiant character 
in a kind of relay race format <laughs> does yeah. kind of pique your interest because it's like, hey, if you're into one thing, maybe this will get you into another and or not, whatever. Um, I'm going to try and do the, the, the premise. Yeah, go, go for this. I'm intrigued. How are you going to distill Dead Drop into... I'm intrigued. I should have written something, summary. but instead I thought it would be more fun not to, to. Just to wing it. So we open with Exo Manowar, yep. Eric, um, working for Neville Alcott of MIE. Six. Six fame. Yes. Don't know why. That shouldn't be what I'm struggling with here. <laughs> uh, of MI6 fame. To run across New York, trying to stop a, quote, terrorist yep. who has a vial of a... Now, this is the first inconsistency. The book says virus on the cover. Yeah. Neville says <laughs> antibiotic <laughs> to cure... Everything. Life. Um, yes. And this is where the book kind of immediately loses track of itself because, I, I mean, okay, it's been seven years, uh, spoilers. Yeah. Um, the virus it is the antibiotic for is the vine invasion. Yes. Who have like seeded planets with life and then some of the people on that planet are vine descendants of on Earth. That would be yeah. quite a lot of people because that's basically what we're told in other Valiant books. Um, yeah. Exo and Faith. Faith and as well. Harbinger yeah. And all over the place, we're kind of told they the extents of the vine. So we're told that this antibody basically kills the vine. Yeah. But then immediately after this, it's never called an antibody, an antibiotic again. No, it's then, called it's a, a, then it's a virus. It's a virus after yeah. this. It's an angry, but, angry virus. Yeah, I guess the idea being that if you think the vine is an infection, it's an antibiotic. If you mm. are the vine, it's a virus. <laughs> um, one of the issues being that most people on Earth don't know that they're the vine. So you can be yeah. a vine without knowing your vine until someone tells you you're yeah. vine. Which, in itself, the vine thing was a really interesting early Valiant concept that I don't want to say got dropped absolutely and completely without having a mm. full conclusion. But I can't remember the end of it. No, I can't either. There were, I feel like we were <laughs> left hanging with that. There was bits of information dropped here and there and in different books and then it doesn't feel like... I think at one point it was... I can't remember if at one point I thought maybe it was going to link into the whole Psyot thing and that, just but it didn't. In a kind of Cree... Yeah, like, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't really do that. It kind no. of exo fights the vine for like, I don't know, on and off for like thirteen volumes. Yeah, and then never again. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 done other things since, but he's never gone back and fought the vine. No, and Faith has an early running with the vine. I really, really feel like Archer and Armstrong do, but I can't really remember the context. I'm pretty sure they do. Probably on one of their many. Random, wacky adventures. Wacky adventures. <laughs> yeah, it was probably quite brief. Yes. So, the Vine plot is... It would be good to know, if you know about the Vine going into this, you might understand Dead Drop a little bit more. I know about the Vine and I don't <laughs> understand Dead Drop a little no. bit more, but you might. You um, might, yeah. That's, that's something about this as well. When I read this, 
I got into Valiant in 2015, I think. Yes. And this was one of the first Valiant mm. books I read. So I read... I remember when I was talking about the plot. Um, I read stuff like The Valiant and... Yep. The good stuff. Um, Exo, Bloodshot, you know, pretty pretty immediately. Quantum and Woody mm. was an arch and Armstrong were the first. Um... But yeah, this was pretty new when I first read it, and here we are. Um, so, sorry, virus, exo, terrorist, vine, vine. Um, it's basically immediately hinted by the terrorist, who we find out is called Reiko, who has a friend called John. We're basically told pretty early on by her. She she just comes at this with, "You don't know who you're working for. You don't know what's happening." Yeah you don't know what this is. And there's this ongoing problem of there being, like, communication issues with Neville. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the earpieces go zzzz on occasion. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's the noise. Uh-huh. <laughs> Glad my talents aren't wasted. That's good. At the end of the issue, the plot is basically just handed to Archer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Exo basically gets stuck with the cops just just abandoned with and and then he gets caught and then it's like right we need someone else to take on the chasing the terrorist thing yes. so archer you're up we are basically told as well in issue one that if you just call the nypd and go by the way uh exo manowar has been replaced with an <laughs> imposter <laughs> all of the nypd will take that at face value and try <laughs> just and, believe you and try and take out a su- essentially a superhero with like godlike power suit so yeah that really intrigued me because why don't we see that more why don't we see just like i don't know people just calling up like you're about to rob a bank and you're like hey if someone's happens to be robbing a bank like yeah don't let spider-man stop me because that's not really spider-man bye is that where we're at like yeah. you just tell just i don't know that's that's ring. a minor detail <laughs> i mean but it is it is one of the most irritating details because it's like are the nypd that gullible that you can literally just ring them up and go hey you know that superhero he's not really a superhero he's actually a villain <laughs> right yeah he's just a villain so if he's trying to beat me up because i've stolen something just ignore it because he's a villain that's he's not a bad what it guy. is it looks, yeah it doesn't it's not, the yeah, way it's not it what it looks like um which is a really odd detail and as this is passed to archer yeah the question immediately came up in my mind of when does this fit into archer and armstrong it doesn't okay because i wasn't sure is this between runs i mean it could be occasionally archer does go you know he does leave Armstrong occasionally, I assume that, you know, like he has dates with Faith and Armstrong yeah, ain't, the stuff. ain't coming along and that. But I found it really odd because clearly Archer has been sleeping overnight in a sleeping bag somewhere and Armstrong is absolutely nowhere to be found. Yeah, really odd. With and no explanation at all. And that's not the oddest character choice within there. <laughs> Certainly not, no. Um, but I thought, yeah, I, I thought Archer and Armstrong was still ongoing in 2015. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm sure we were still, hang on. I, I think Archer and Armstrong finished after this. Yeah. But I also don't want to be wrong. No. So we're going to check it. <laughs> so I'm going to check. I will say that even if it had finished, it doesn't make, 
because they're still together at the end of that run. It's like, so what happened? Why is Archer some A, why is Archer working for Neville Alcott? Um Well, that there's a question. <laughs> there's a question. And B, where the hell is Armstrong? Because I mean, like I say, they can split up and do other things, and they did. I mean, one of the problems with A and A was it kept sort of splitting up their storylines. But it's like it's Archer and Armstrong, and the reason that works comedically is because you have the contrast between Archer, the straight laced, uh, brought up in a cult, very good moralistic guy, contrasted with Archer Armstrong, who just wants to drink his way through history. And that the the comedy works because of those two together, and you take Archer out of that, then the comedy that you are reduced to is apparently that he's not wearing pants. <laughs> um, that this is yeah uh, an, an ongoing funny funny joke. Hilarious! Um, how the, every other person points out he's not wearing pants. <laughs> this is I can confirm this is after. Arch and Armstrong is finished, but before A and A has begun. Um, Damn. So this is a. Th- this is one of those spaces where we don't know where the characters are. Oh, and yeah, that's okay. That's the nature of Valiant is that characters get rested and we don't necessarily know what they're up to. What intrigues me with this is, if you were reading Arch and Armstrong. And someone went, hey, there's going to be an issue of a book with Archer in it. Yes. Is that enough of a hook to make you buy Dead Drop? It was. Okay, (laughs) goddamn. Well, I mean, there's a reason reason I read this and it was like, oh, Archer's it. Because I'm not a massive fan of X. So, um, I mean, there there were two reasons and it was Archer and it was Betamax. And that was the reason I read this. Yeah, I... I wish I could say the same. I didn't know anything about this. I think I picked this up because it was it was Valiant and it was there. Yeah. Um, issue three, after Archer has pursued the same terrorist and acquired the virus. Yes. He kind of goes along with the you don't know who you're working for, you don't know what's happening angle, and listens to Raiko and John. <laughs> and then he's kidnapped by ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's nothing else you can say about that. Yeah, he, he is kidnapped by ninjas, which is so completely... <laughs> he's kidnapped from a children's birthday party <laughs> yeah. by a van full of ninjas... <laughs> That we haven't had any reference on yet. Nope. <laughs> it, it's it's a choice. Um, it's it's such a weird choice though, and it comes completely from out of the blue. Yeah, I thought, oh, are we are we actually having some sort of ninjak tie-in now? Yeah. When I first read it, I, I was like, I thought oh, that ninjak. Um, no. Then. Issue three. The, the issue basically ends with Neville on on the blower to whoever, going. Ah, call off the next agent. This is a write off. And it, during this reread, was thinking it is. Yeah, yeah. This is a write off. This this <laughs> has book. no direction. I don't. 
we, we are given the premise in the first issue. Yeah. But we are not... Nothing is expanded on it. The second issue could be the first issue. Yeah. And you wouldn't know any different. No. Issue three, then, is pretty fucking weird. Because <laughs> Betamax... Betamax? Yeah, I... I Betamax, you say Betamax, I say Betamax. Let's just replace it with VHS. Um, Um, Yeah. Who is a Quantum and Woody supporting villain. Yeah. um, Who became a super advanced cyborg in the 1980s. So has advanced technology like X-ray and fax. Yes, he has a... That's the character in a nutshell. He is funny in Quantum and Woody, but basically everything is. Yes. And he is recruited for what we'll get to, the unknown reasons portion of our podcast at some point. (laughs) He is recruited for reasons. Yeah. But he turns up even after he's been called off to meet Neville. And this is another plot hole. If Neville's cancelled, why is Neville there to meet Betamax? To find another dead drop... Which they use Betamax, Betamax, Max's x-ray vision to check if there's any booby traps. There isn't. It's just a USB stick stuck into the floor. Yeah. Which, again, no information. (laughs) No. No idea what's going on. Uh, Max basically pitches to Alcott like, hey, what if I was a secret agent full time? I can go, look at me. I'm a super advanced cyborg, kind of. From the 80s. Um. Alcott says no, then says yes, and get this, he's then kidnapped by ninjas, ninjas. who it's revealed are with Neville Alcott. And that kind of makes sense because he's the head of MI6 and then yeah. he knows about the ninja program and Ninjak. So you're probably thinking, oh, sweet, next issue's Ninjak. It's not. No. Um, this is also the point where we get the reveal that Alcott, who we previously see eat a fly... And his ninjas are, in fact, aliens that are not the Vine. Yeah. But enemy aliens who do not like the Vine. Yep. Who the virus is deadly to and they want to turn it against the Vine? I think that that was the general gist, is like, that I, was I'm making goal, leaps, yeah. though, because Dead none, Drop doesn't tell you that. Oh, no, none of this is actually <laughs> explained in the book. You just have to figure this. It's like a, it's like some sort of test. Yeah, it's like a puzzle to figure out how much you know about Valiant and if you can make a story out of the parts we have given. Yeah. Um, The end of the issue, Max, Betamax, is basically decapitated and left for dead. But then we find out... Yeah. He's fired off a cheeky fax to... The real real Neville Alcott. Because whether he made himself into a... Super advanced robot at the wrong, uh, super advanced cyborg at the wrong point. He is still, you know, a genius scientist. So he uses his fax machine for good because you can always yeah. use it for evil, but you don't have to. Uh, to tip off Neville, the the reason his communications aren't going so great is because <laughs> there's a fake Neville who is also communicating and also looks exactly like him. And has a van full of ninjas. And has a van full of ninjas, the greatest of all MI6 resources. Um, Which then leads to... Leaves to? Then leads to real Neville recruiting 
Yeah. Not Ninjak. No. Um, Detective Sejudo, Sejudo from Quantum and Woody also. Yeah. To save the day despite having no superpowers or ties to Neville. Yeah, I don't know how he got her number in the first place, no, I'll be honest. He doesn't even know Quantum and Woody. He's literally does got... He? No, I don't think he does. I don't think they've ever even... And and he literally has an inject on speed dial. Like, yeah, he... And bloodshot. He's, I mean... He knows about bloodshot. He knows... Yeah, he... Uh... There are so many people he could call on. We'll, uh, we'll get to that, I guess. So he, he calls Sejudo and she finds Betamax meets the terrorists, they tell her what's up, and she's like, oh, sweet, now I know everything. It's like, <laughs> nobody else, not one soul in this book mm. actually got any information except for the detective in the final issue, who, again, side character from Quantum Morty. Yeah. Who is never seen again after this. Just... No. I mean, we'll get to that as well. Yeah. Jesus Christ. There's um, a lot to get to, but... She... <laughs> So many things. So she finds Betamax, Betamax, Max. Yeah. Speaks to the, to Raiko and John, confirms they're not terrorists, they are hacktivists, essentially. They, they are white hat hackers. They, yeah. They, um, yeah. They just want info and are trying to solve problems and they know what the virus really is, even when we do not. Um, and what's really going on, even when we don't. Um... Sejudo <laughs> enters this facility, it's a warehouse, um, to find Exo in a vat of something. Yep, yeah, um, pink liquid. Yes, vague. Uh, Archer locked up in his underwear still. Tied to a chair. Tied to a chair, couldn't figure his way out of that, which again, issues. Um, with this kind of weird growth alien plant life everywhere yeah um freeze archer or he's about to free archer and they're about to get on the way and he's confronted by a infected alien that we have seen earlier who is now way way bigger yep don't know what's going huge. on with that huge building sized almost who just wants to die but instead cuts a deal with sujudo that she will burn him and the building down yeah after Mr. Nameless Alien has he, cleaned he, off Exo and yeah, Archer. Yeah, he, he, he fixes them because they're infected, but yeah. now they're not infected because he's fixed them. So he's going to disinfect them both, let them go, and in exchange, die. <laughs> Just get burned. Not, not the, the sweetest of deals, but whatever. <laughs> um, shockingly, this is the end of Dead Drop. As yeah. Sejudo writes a letter to Alcott, basically going, hey man, I ain't doing this shit again. It should have never come to this. You were on the comms to me and you were ready to let Archer and Exo die, which I never got from the narrative. No, I never understood that was what <laughs> his deal was. Um, because for the, for the greater good of the human race, yeah. two, two heroes can die, fine, sure, okay. Apparently. Um, and there was another way to do it, which was cutting a deal with the alien and burning the building down, which Neville was meant to know. I don't <laughs> know. Um, and we then find out in the final page, the best page. The, be- the, the, the best greatest page, part of Dead Drop. We learn that Raiko and John have basically absconded with the body of Betamax 
and restored him to his former glory with the upgrade of a CD drive, a floppy drive, and a Polaroid camera, and 1980s, 1990s upgrades to bump him up a little bit. That is Dead Drop in a nutshell. Yep. I have... You're not... This isn't the first time I've ran down the narrative. I did this yesterday (laughs) just to double check. That was what happened. There was a coherent way to explain Dead Drop. There isn't. There isn't, no. But... That was a good attempt, though. That is the full plot of Dead Drop. You are welcome. I've just Mm. saved you from Dead Drop. We, we've read yeah. Dead Trap, so you don't, don't need have to. to. <laughs> yeah. The problems with this book... Are many. There is no repercussion or fallout from anything. Nope. The virus, the, oppo- the alien race that opposed the vine, never... Never mentioned ever again. Ever come to light again. Nope. Sujudo... Betamax and Archer never have any reason to know Neville or MI6. They are also all US operatives, if you want to use using the word operative loosely, while Neville is based in the UK. Yeah, not sure how he ended up running the uh, running the operation when yeah, he is when... literally thousands of miles away from New York. And shouldn't, also, shouldn't Gate be the people doing that? Yeah, it should be Gate. And also time zone difference. Oh, it's, He's, al- it's always day. It's always for, for day. Both, it's Yeah, it's daytime. It's daytime in the UK and it's daytime in New York. I mean, that does happen. It, it happens. But there's five hours difference. <laughs> You know, um, midday in New York is 5pm in London. It's like... Yeah, it's it's a jump. And it's basically implied that Neville never leaves his office and just survives on a steady diet of tea and misery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, phone calls from people getting cut off. And, and I don't know, it's... So that's just a handful of what I don't understand. Mm. We never see... Sujudo or Betamax after this. They're never even mentioned no. after this. And it's a shame because we have had another Quantum and Woody words, Quantum and Woody run, which was excellent. Um, but they didn't even get a mention in that. Not I, even like, I don't think. I feel like... I think Betamax may have done... I don't know. Maybe they both, they might both get a mention. There, but there are things from Quantum and Woody, the latest run. No, there are things from the original Quantum and Woody run that don't make it into the more recent awesome Quantum run, Woody run. Because yeah. we end the first Quantum and Woody series with Quantum gets a girlfriend and oh yeah, bits like that that just never get mentioned never again. Never again. So who knows? I get that characters get dropped between arcs, different creators have different ideas you don't carry everything over. It's strange that this is the last point we see two characters from Quantum and Woody because it kind of suggests that maybe there were greater ideas. Maybe this was going to lead on to something. Maybe. And and I think the fact that we end with Max's upgrade and Sujido's yeah. angry letter to Neville really made me think of, remember that time that K. McHenry came back from the dead? Oh, and, yeah. And fl- yeah. flew off with Agent Festival. <laughs> yeah. And 
that was that looked like it was going to be a really good spin-off and then they just flew flew <laughs> off into the they're, distance they're still going they will never stop they're probably somewhere past <laughs> pluto by now they just kept going um there's just a ton of inconsistencies and question marks around this things like exo can't fly in the first issue and we're told mm. in the final issue or the penultimate issue that that's somehow being caused by the aliens yeah but i don't know um archer's powers and are basically tied to is it the akashic record yes um so normally when he does things we have a little like almost like dictionary style box yeah. pop up like reference book yeah like a definition encyclopedia of thing. this yeah. is yeah it says like you know taekwondo the art of whatever taekwondo you do or, <laughs> i don't <laughs> yeah. know what taekwondo translates to or like parkour the art yeah. of running around buildings fast but in this there's basically no hint that archer even has superpowers no he has a crossbow oh boy does he and no pants no pants <laughs> let's just point out he doesn't have any pants which is weird because i mean he does have he crossbows and th- but it just oh, yeah crossbows with the rest of with, <laughs> crossbows with the rest of them but it just feels not the best of them. not the best it just feels like it's, oh his name's Archer so um, he's, an archer. he's an archer obviously so he's he's got to have like a bow all the time and it's like that's not how Archer fights that's not how Archer goes after people which really intrigues me because on the one hand and I'm gonna try I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do a whole double edged sword thing here where this is Ooh. kind of positive kind of negative. Um, because I feel like we've been quite down on Dead Drop. I wonder why. Um, it comes across that Alice Cott, who is the writer, oh, so we we didn't do the we didn't mention team. who was behind this. This is book. written by Alice Cott, art by Adam Gorham, colors by Mike Spicer, colors by Mike Spicer, letters by Dave Sharp, designed by Jared K. Fletcher, and cover art by Raoul Allen. Now, that's a pretty good team. It's a decent, decent group. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I am not the biggest fan of Alice Cott's work. I no. uh, started reading Wolf and couldn't really get into it. I started reading Generation Zero and just wasn't not, into not it. Not Generation no, Zero. No, I wasn't. I was really into Generation Zero. <laughs> I, uh, I started reading Generation Gone, um, which I just, again, wasn't really into. I'm really into Adam Gorham's stuff, although I'm conscious that i think all the stuff i like from him is after this we'll come back to that my alice cop point was this yeah um his writing of archer suggests he's read archer and armstrong but also not paid attention to archer and armstrong <laughs> yeah i think the character feels in keeping with archer it does some of the time, but then there's this little pissed off vibe. Yeah. Which doesn't, doesn't he's quite fit, because Archer does get pissed off, but the whole point is that he rises above that. Whereas yes. this is more like he's standing in the paddling pool, pointing a crossbow at someone, and like, there's a terrorist, get out of my way. Um, bit, bit less. I, I guess the specific moments, so stuff like he, he 
jumps off a bridge at one point or jumps off a move he jumps off of something and just screams for the common good yeah that's very archer and he gets thrown off a car into like a bin tr- what they're called what is like a, a, ga- a, garbage, a garbage truck as the americans would yeah. say i don't know what we call them in england a big bin a big garbage can yeah um, dumpster that's the word i was just trying to figure out what we call them in england it is a garbage truck i just don't remember what the english term from a bin lorry bin lorry god that sounds the most english thing in the world bin lorry so he's chucked in this bin lorry he's chucked into bin Uh, lorry Ah, and comes out with the the glorious line of i am trash but i am victorious trash (laughs) which i don't know if he's on brand for archer no he's not but it is funny it's it's the fun. It's one of the funniest lines in there. I just don't think it's very Archer. <laughs> it, I would I would argue it's the funniest line. It's the thing that's that and Betamax at the end are the things that have yeah. stuck with me strongly. I like I like Betamax's facts as well to the real Neville Alcott. If yeah. you are the real Neville Alcott, <laughs> it, it's written with such a like <laughs> hi. Um, I hope this finds you well. I've been kidnapped by aliens. <laughs> you might not know me. Our Neville Alcott knows me. If you <laughs> if are Neville Alcott. If you're Alcott. our Neville Alcott. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Please save the other two people that have been kidnapped that I mysteriously knew had been kidnapped, even though no one really told yeah. me that they had been kidnapped previously. I, I do like, that's another carryover detail that suggests, uh, so my, my the end of my point with Archer and Armstrong yeah. was that, yeah, those little reference boxes as to yeah, Archer's powers those. that aren't there, which suggests he's read some, but not enough to... Ca- I don't know. He's, mm. re- he's read volume one before yeah. the Akashic Record. We know this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't know this, but I believe this. Um, I do like the carryover that Betamax just doesn't die. So he dies in Quantum and Woody. Yeah. And then comes back like a volume later and he's turned the opposite half of his body... Yes. Into, which he'd like frozen, I think. He's, yes, he had. He'd kept it. He'd kept it. So if yeah. this happened, he could make the other half of his body into a cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. Also, 80s technology, which refuses to. How? <laughs> <laughs> if you only have half. Which I, I get is like digging uh, DC comics and how cyborg yes, works. Where he very, dies all yeah. the damn time and they just. He could just come back and. Just fix him. A, a slightly different outfit. And that's. I mean, that's how basically you change his outfit is you just kill him off. It's yeah. not like these other heroes who, you know, just change their wardrobe. No, you have to kill Cyborg to give yeah. Cyborg a different outfit. I like, because we see him, at, we're like, there is definitely, and this is going to sound like some kind of fantasy I've made up in my head. There is definitely <laughs> a version of Cyborg in DC where he's in like thigh high boots and like a wrestling style singlet. Nice. And then... After he's like way more metal at times, not like not, not like uh, yeah, not like I don't know, Slipknot metal, but like <laughs> physically is physically metal, like, actual metal. Digging a real hole here. <laughs> Betamax oh, no. never gets any more or less metal. He just gets no more metal. He just, <laughs> he just swaps which half of him's metal. Yeah. Um. He, he might be into Slipknot, I don't know. <laughs> also, um, if anyone else knows any other metal bands, <laughs> I know loads of metal bands, but all I can think about is Slipknot oh, now. Yeah, I know. It's, uh... 
Does Iron Maiden count? Iron Maiden is still metal in a very 70s way. Yeah. We should be going off of 80s. Oh, no, wait, this wasn't meant to be about... Be- no. Beat Max is Beat meant to be about Cyborg. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so, it, it, in essence, each character is basically kind of rational to what's come before, but also a little bit off. Yeah, it's like Exo as well is a bit like Superman in that it's like, I don't... Because Arik is terrible, and Arik would shoot police officers, let's be brutally honest. That's something yeah, Arik would do. he doesn't really But he doesn't. He's enough. like, I don't shoot police officers, I just disarm them. Yeah. Which is so not Arik. Arik could just... Pu- I mean, he'd just punch them to death. It just... Arik yeah, doesn't care. He doesn't really have the same concepts... Because he's not from now. So he's he a Visigoth, for goodness yeah, sake. Yeah, I... Also, aesthetically, whilst Arik is drawn the way I expect Arik to be drawn, Mike Spicer's colouring is really, like, murky Odd. in that first issue. It's like he's permanently really dirty. Yeah, and, you know, maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe he <laughs> Not even just Arik. There's, I mean, everything in New York is kind of... Yeah, muddy, dirty colours, which mm. does carry... It's still darker colouring than I would expect for the rest of the book. And it, in in the one sense, it means that when there is colour, it does pop. Yeah. <laughs> but in the other sense, odd choices. So much muddiness. But there are points at, in Valiant, especially kind of this time period, where colouring and art and things can be suddenly very off. Like... Am I right in thinking there's one random bit of Exo where he's, like, red? Uh, was that a thing? I'm sure... There was a moment where he had a... Yeah. The colour scheme's just different just for an issue. Well, yeah. Just like, hey, um, I'm actually Iron Man, but I'm not like Iron Man at all. But I've got a suit. If if that doesn't exist and that's, like, a Valiant, like, <laughs> Mandela effect thing... Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe there's an alternate universe where, indeed, Eric was... Red and yellow. yellow. And Iron Man was blue. He's like, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's interesting to me how kind of varied, like, both in colouring, art, writing, the characters kind of are correct, but don't feel correct. Um, so Judo is probably the most interesting one because she is... This is her first instance of being kind of standalone. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Betamax's first instance of being standalone as well. Um, but we're more familiar with him because he's more memorable. I mean, I think, I think they're both good characters. I yeah. just think the 80s cyborg, obviously, is That's like, the one visually you, like, remember what he's like and what he's doing. And- yeah. And I just don't really know why those two characters were chosen other than to try and reel in the Quantum and Woody audience... And congrats, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, you, you, you did it. Good on you. <laughs> um, which makes the character choices really interesting because I, I kind of got thinking about if you did Dead Drop, like, now. Yeah. I really don't know. All I can tell you for certain is that one of them would be Faith. Yeah, I think you could do because this is supposedly comedic, which it is comedic, but in all the wrong ways. Um... It, it, it's almost like it wants to be funny, hence why we've got Archer and hence why we've got supporting Quantum and Woody characters. And it's like, if you did it now, 
just go all in with the comedy, just go Quantum Woody, Archer and Armstrong, throw Faith in there because she's got a link to Archer and Armstrong. She is funny. And she is funny. Just do it like that. Because Exo is a really weird choice, aside from he is possibly the most well-known Valiant character. At this point... At this point, he's the biggest, I guess. It's got to be between him and Bloodshot. Maybe, Maybe Ninjak... But then yeah. at this point, I don't even know if Ninjak had his solo series. I think he just kind of did a bit of Unity. Did he a bit was of... coming up to his solo series. Yeah, yeah. It's so I do think that maybe that's why EXO got picked just to reel in the because he was the face. Because he the was face that runs yeah, the he was the face of Valiant. Yeah. Um, but it, it does feel somewhat like dartboard with valiant characters on it like yeah selection process i don't feel like there's a lot of balance or logic employed it's odd that there's two quantum and woody characters and they're both like Mm. supporting cast if if this was all supporting cast characters like i don't know if we had some random carryover from Archer and Armstrong. I mean, we could or... have had Archer's sister, I suppose. Yes. Um... Mary... Marianne? Marianne? Mary Maria. Mary Maria. That's it. Uh, yeah, the, the sister Mary Maria. Yeah, it would make sense, you know, if you're going to pull supporting characters as far as Archer and Armstrong characters go, because she's got the Sisters of Perpetual Sorrow and they... Cracking band name. I love that. Group. If it wasn't if Sisters of Mercy wasn't taken. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got all them. So there are there are supporting characters in Archer and Armstrong you could have used if you wanted to go down that route. And I, I guess it begs the question of what the intention of Dead Drop was. Was it a really offbeat crossover book? Was the intention to spotlight lesser seen characters or I don't know. I, I just no. don't know what the aim was. I, I also, the more I look at a virus on the loose, a king after it. Well, the virus isn't loose. The virus is literally in, 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 it's in, in a, a test It's in a tiny tube. vial, yeah. And who's the king? It's, it's obviously Arik. Because he's king of the Visigoths. Um, and, and, he had, and at this point, we'd had To Kill a King. Or to Kill a King, called, yeah. The Uni book. And then yeah. I was... But then I'm like, is the alien a king? We don't know his credentials. He's he could be kingy as hell. We don't he know. could be anything. Kingy isn't a real word. Kingy, is he's really kingy. Um, but I mean, we don't know how they ended up on Earth. Why they tracked it to Earth? How, how it the, got to how Earth. it got to Earth? Mm. De- dead drop. Also, why is it called dead drop? Ah. We, dead drops are explained to us. Yeah, in, exposition in the first issue. Raiko and John are then trying to get to a dead drop. Yeah. And every dead drop they go to is like, ah, oh, not this one. It's been compromised um, in some mysterious way. And fake Neville is kind of checking out these dead drops too. But we're never told who Raiko and John are trying to dead drop this virus to. Which is a huge plot hole because... <laughs> The answer could purely be Ninjak to get it back to Alcott to finish the plot. Or yeah. uh, 
axe and harbinger or yeah imagine we had more more hacker tech characters livewire bloodshot it's almost like we do have technology based heroes here i just can't figure out where this was ever going or how it was going to get that also stuff like there are little bits where we have like kids i think one of the kids at the party says to archer like you can't just say someone's a terrorist because you think they look like a terrorist yeah i'm like is that a political comment you're making it's like are we trying to be deep now because <laughs> christ you're picking your moments it's archer's wearing no pants standing in a kiddie swimming pool paddling pool and this is such a weird book Tonally, it doesn't quite know where it's at. Like, am I a comedy book or am I trying to make some comment about society in general? Am I a thriller book? Am I just a random book where characters tag team each other so you can cross over some aspect of the Valiant universe without really trying? Is it all of the above? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like probably. Um, On positive notes... And there are yeah, some. There are definitely some positive notes. In terms of uh, Jared K. Fletcher's design, I, I think the idea of each issue starting with a shot of New York and kind of showing where each page Ooh, yeah, is the little map. on the map yeah. is... I mean, I'm not necessarily sure that actually lines up with the pages. I didn't check. But the concept of this is... A, being this is a relay race across new york city into essentially new york state um is quite a nice idea to visualize that i like that yeah and i think adam gorham's art is is good i think he's a good artist and whilst i know he ends up doing more valiant i some some of it covers some of it interiors um Google claiming Punk Mambo, War Mother, uh, Escape from Gulag 356? Yeah. Or 3, I don't know, something like that. Um, also TMNT, and he is the artist for the Blue Flame from Vault, which is really good. So I think his art, whilst it's not as good here as it is in some of his later projects, which is, you know, the nice, way it goes, nice does work and feels not entirely like Valiant House style. I feel like Valiant hadn't quite reached that point yet. Now a lot of their books look very similar, but at this point, other than Clayton Henry doing a lot of work... Man, was he doing (laughs) a lot of work. I'm not sure there was an overall style uh, Valiant at this point. They were moving toward that. They were definitely moving toward it. They seem to be moving away from it now. Yes. Um, but they were definitely, sort of, I think it's probably 2016, 2017 when it hits the peak of Valiant House style. Definitely. And I, I think this exists in a nice little space in terms of art. I also like how the covers are all Raoul Allen, who is it's very good. just really good. Very um, good. I, I don't think we get like Raoul Allen interiors until um eternal warrior 
yeah. or at least full interiors. So yeah. his cover work is really solid. Excellent. Um, and kind of works as like standalone, almost pop art kind of artwork. And if if this didn't say all the dead drop stuff on the cover, this would just be a really cool random photo of Archer. No, of Armstrong. Excellent. No, fuck it. Exo that one, yeah. Exo falling out of the sky. It's very visually stunning. I think it would be it would be nice if they actually took the words away and just had that as a. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting as well because like, so issue two, his cover is basically a car, a police car driving through a load of money. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, three weirdly hints at. Beats Max and four is kind of a film noir cover with uh, Detective Sujudo. So the the covers are good, the especially cover, if you're into cover. some really unlikely characters. <laughs> yeah, uh, this might be Beats Max and Detective Sujudo's only <laughs> cover, cover appearances. So uh, that makes them worth <laughs> something. <laughs> dozens of pounds. Yeah. I, um, at least twelve. <laughs> So so visually, I, I like this a lot. In terms of writing, while we never got any more Alice Cott Valiant books. I, I wonder why. Whereas I I know Adam Gorham did more and I uh, Dave Sharp as the letterer, obviously. It's, it's every other prolific. book. Prolific. Yep, every other <laughs> um, book. I don't know about Jared K. Fletcher as a designer. I can't see any reason he wouldn't have done more and i'm not sure about mike spicer as a colorist either i he colors so much it's difficult to remember what he's done for valiant i always associate him with who's that guy i like angela Um, which which guy wrestling and daniel warren johnson oh Um, yeah he always seems to color for daniel warren johnson which I'm going to have to fact check now and remove if that's not true. But <laughs> Edit it out. I'm pretty sure he did the colours for Wonder Woman's Dead Earth and yep. Extremity. I do a powerbomb. I'm pretty sure he's... Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of associate those two and whenever his name pops up somewhere, I'm like, hey, Mike Spicer, Yay. man who does colours sometimes Yay. for Daniel Warren Johnson. They're good um, colours. He is. He is a good colorist. I think the color choices here are strange, but I that think, might not necessarily be him. Yeah, I don't know how much of it is his own choice, and, and, and how, how much of it is like the vision. The vision, because the vision is weird. Um, I I don't know this. Whilst the art is strong and coloring's a little bit weird, I think yeah. lettering is decent, and yeah, as I've said, design is good. My my biggest question is, is just just why? <laughs> why yeah? Um, why why these characters? Why this plot? Why does this even exist? No fallout from it. No acknowledgement as to why the characters know Neville. <laughs> just everyone knows Neville. Can I just say one thing that did annoy me is like Neville's got he doesn't look like Neville in this. No, he looks much thinner and like has much darker hair. Yeah, he also. I don't know. He just doesn't seem very Neville, and I, I guess that's quite I mean, vague. It, it but... made it made sense that he's not quite Neville, oh, yeah, fake when, Neville when he's sure. fake Neville. But then real Neville appears, and you're like, this still isn't Neville. 
like I say, all the characters are really close to being correct, but are a little bit off. It is a bit like with it is a bit like the Mandela effect. We sidestepped into a slightly different universe yeah. where these are things you know, but they're slightly different. And I don't know. I this again. I think this is quite an early book for Alice Cart, and I I appreciate that Valiant kind of were giving a lot of people early opportunities to work in kind of editorial driven superhero comics stuff and obviously valiant isn't marvel or dc in terms of editorial like we're all aiming towards harbinger wars too it's oh god i mean that those words are true but not at this point yeah and there's a fair amount of creative freedom yes and i i i think there are good things about this book um When I first read it, I wasn't at the height of being into Valiant that I reached. And I know books after this annoyed me more because of my expectation versus the reality. I know Harbinger Wars 2 annoyed me a lot at the time. Yeah, same. Uh, Also, the Harbinger Renegades and the kind of... I don't know if we mentioned that um, Hardcore killed Generation Zero, but... I don't know if that's ever come (laughs) up prior. Um... But I, yeah, stuff like that kind of irked me a lot more than this. And I don't know if it's the fact that I read this so early into getting into Valiant that I wasn't really along for the ride of the whole universe. So this was just an extension of some Quantum Woody characters. <laughs> and I think I was willing to let it go as a trade that cost like less than a tenner and did what it did. I think the other thing is, is you can ignore it. Like, because this has so little, so impact, little impact on anything, you can completely ignore it. There's no... It, it doesn't matter, you know, it, it's inconsequential in the wide scheme of things, whereas some of the other stuff that happens that's very annoying is annoying because it has an impact and characters who you know and love get killed off terribly and should never have happened. But... <laughs> Justice for Generation Zero. <laughs> we will never stop um but yeah so so those things that are more is because you care about it this is a book that you don't need to care about yeah that that is very true and coming back to it seven years later i guess um it's been a baffling experience yeah i don't feel like i understand valiant anymore for having Oof. read it again. I know there are other books I've revisited and be like, oh, I understand this better now that I've read whatever. Like, I know... um, I don't know. I went back and read Bloodshot after I'd read Bloodshot Reborn. And I'm like, oh, okay, so yeah, I kind of yeah. appreciate this a little bit more with the context of Bloodshot Reborn or EXO after the Matt Kint's EXO or... Quantum and Woody, I, I think they build on themselves equally with stuff like Eternal Warrior and Ivar and Arch yeah. and Armstrong all make each other stronger. Arch and Armstrong and Ivar in particular yeah. with stuff like the Far Away and really build each other up as like, hey, this is really well written. Yeah. Fred Van Lente is rad. Um, this... I don't know. I think I could read all the EXO, all the Quantum and Woody and all the Archer and Armstrong and then come back to this and this wouldn't 
this wouldn't affect your opinion Add of those. much to, no. to that experience other than to confuse. <laughs> and baffle. Ah, uh, very, very baffling. Very, yeah. Just, I don't know. I, I, d- I don't know, Angela. I, it's, it's a tough one. What, yeah. What's to be said that hasn't been said? Um, yeah, it, it's not, it's not offensive. <laughs> no, you're you're gonna have a weird time. You're not gonna have a bad time. I think that's you're gonna be confused. You're gonna be baffled. You're gonna think I don't understand this, but that's okay. Yeah, that, maybe that's this is the thing. Maybe it's fine that the no, it's not. Never mind. Fuck. Uh, no, seriously though, maybe it's fine that this is a stronger book if you've read all of the valiant maybe maybe this is something that is only there if you own 20 volumes of exo if you're a completist yeah this is not i feel like part of the intention for this was to introduce new readers yeah and i think if this was your first valiant book you would have questions. <laughs> you would have a lot of questions. You might Hell, question it, your choices. If this is your first, last, middle, tenth, hundredth <laughs> Valiant book, whatever. You'll have questions. You're going to have questions. because yeah. We were talking before we started recording about how much, how many Valiant trades we own and how many Valiant singles, yeah. how much Valiant we have and have read. I mean... I think you've read damn near everything from the 90s. Pretty much, yeah. And from the 2000s. Yeah. I've read pretty much everything from the 2000s with a few very recent volumes that I've not read all the singles for yet or I don't know. And for the 90s, I have, I, I mean, I'm not you, but I've read a lot. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I look at this and think do I only have this because I was so enthusiastic about Valiant? I know there was a point in 2015 where I'd read Quantum and Woody and I'd read Archer and Armstrong and I'd read Bloodshot, Exo, whatever, and was literally at a point of going to a comic book, going to both comic book shops in Manchester for what, yeah. what Valiant trades do you have that I haven't read? Because mm. I was so into the universe and that's, basically yeah. the reason i have this um and yeah. i i think if there'd been more bloodshot or more quantum and woody or more more anything this wouldn't have been the one no dead drop got lucky dead drop <laughs> did get lucky but again that is the nature of valiant and the kind of hardcore valiant fandom that did exist for a good few years yeah. from, from 2012 through to 2018 maybe i I knew a lot of people okay that's an exaggeration i knew people who (laughs) some people were reading valiant start to finish yeah pretty committedly and buying singles buying trades buying hardbacks buying me and you included and those those were what i like to call the golden years there was there was it's hard to explain to people who haven't dabbled with into valiant that's not logic. Haven't read any. Haven't read any Valiant. It's it's hard to explain that there was this hardcore phase where you were like, 
give me all the Valiant now. I'll take some Valiant, please. Any of it. I don't care. Yeah. And where the writing was really good quality and a lot of good, good writers doing basically what they wanted with kind of semi-established heroes. So Fred Van Lente, Jeff Lemire, Matt Kinn, basically kind of shaped the universe. Uh, Josh Dysart, of course, as well. And managed to really define, like, what comics were. And there's other people, Dwayne... Dwayne Swazinski? Yes. Dwayne Swazinski. Dwayne someone. (laughs) I can't say your last name, Dwayne. I'm sorry. If you want to come on the podcast and explain it to me. We're we're willing Um, to, uh, yeah. (laughs) We'll hear from you. And, I don't know, um, Robert Vendetti. There's there's a lot of big names who did really definitive work in the early days of Valiant. Um, Yeah. We say it a lot, but even people like Elliot Rahal, who was basically brought in to save the day quite frequently. Yeah, he when, came in to fix whatever had gone wrong. Yeah, if if writers had to leave or books were falling apart, he seemingly fixed problems. Um, but there was a really solid, and it's not it's not all perfect, but no. there's a lot of really good Valiant, and I think we're a bit more hit and miss the last few years, and it feels like we're yeah. not really getting the amount of comics from them that we were getting for it no. felt like they were always increasing the number of books and now yeah they, they've scaled right back i mean we were getting like at least a book a week yeah and sometimes do whereas um, now it feels like we're a couple of books a, a couple month of bu- yeah if that and it, it's the same stuff so at the moment we've got at the moment we've got archer we've actually got quite a few we've got archer and armstrong is still going Book of Shadows, although that's a limited run. And then uh, Bloodshot's, just starting. Bloodshot's just starting. So that's actually the most we've had, but then there's nothing else coming till like later this year, early next year. Yes, which probably isn't going to be that bad of big of a crossover because that will be when Bloodshot's wrapping up. Yeah, and... I don't know how much longer Archer and Armstrong is going to go. It makes sense we're kind of on a new arc because we've done the last one, so there is stuff that needs to happen. Yes. Uh, but Book of Shadows is a limited... Yeah, I can't remember if it's four or five issues. Yeah, so. something like that. Um, But I, I would still say there is a lot of Valiant worth reading. and There is. I mean, like I said, that golden period, 2015 to 2018, you can, you know, you can just explore that universe. There's a lot of good stuff in that yeah, period. Yeah, and there's a lot of really neat, like, ties between characters in the universe um which is really rewarding and enjoyable to read where it feels like the entire universe works together to make each yeah. each book better um and it's interesting even though you've got these big creators doing their own thing it still feels like a universe whereas now it feels a bit more bitty yes um and even stuff like we talked about last time, like Armorclads and Savage that are kind of out there on their own. Yeah. It's still a really good, interesting yeah. thing that kind of adds to the breadth. Is that a word I can use? Is that that, the word that's the word. You can use that the, word. The breadth of the universe. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think there's a lot of good Valiant. Dead Drop just wouldn't be my starting point. No, if you're starting with Valiant, 
dead drop leave dead drop till you've read some other stuff and if you are a completist who has to read every single appearance of exo or archer if you're me um then go yeah then read it but i remember being excited i didn't i don't think i've got it in singles but i don't think i've ever seen this in singles. i don't think it, but i do remember getting excited when the trade came out and then just being confused so it's not a good starting point but it it it's not it's it exists that's all i can say for it it exists it's baffling it's confusing but it's not terrible no it's it's not terrible and i can see that at the time it probably was you know the bottom of the valiant barrel because yeah Everyone else was doing such good work that, by contrast, it seemed really good. Uh, No, it it did not. (laughs) By contrast, it seemed really bad. But I think in the the grand scheme, you could do worse than Dead Drop. You can do better than Dead Drop. (laughs) You can do far better, but you can also do worse. Got to say, though, if, if any of these creators come to a convention near us definitely getting dead drop signed <laughs> i need to find my physical copy just for that reason um i'm gonna throw this one out here as we often do if any creator involved in this alice Carr, adam gorham mike spicer dave sharp hell jared k fletcher wants to talk about their maps <laughs> uh i would love to do that podcast i would love to yeah. do the alice Carr explains dead drop <laughs> yeah there's there's a, the gauntlet's that's, been thrown down. Um, hit us up. We're uh, at bigger than capes anywhere we can be. Um, got our website biggerthancapes.com where uh, Angela will be talking at length about other Valiant books yeah. this week. I'm sure. Yeah, there's already there are reviews for this week, <laughs> and um, we'll be back soon, no doubt, to talk about something or other. I don't know what yeah. at this point. This is um. This has been an interesting one. Hasn't it just? Um, would you like to do more Valiant revisits? Of I, th- like- I think it's interesting because, I mean, Dead Drop, I was not a big fan when it came out. I mean, it was the opposite. I hated it. And now I feel it's been rehabilitated slightly. So I'm wondering what else from the past we could try and rehabilitate. Anything but a claim. <laughs> Because that's just beyond anything to rehabilitate. I I do like Acclaim Quantum and Woody, though. They are the only good thing. I can't think of anything else that I've... That's the only Acclaim era Valiant that I've, like, read a full run of. Yeah, that... Yeah. It's Um, not worth it. So not worth it. I own some of it in singles. Yes, likewise. Um, Exo, Shadow Man, I think I've got some... Acclaimed Turok. I mean, those aren't bad compared to Ninjak, which is just oh, I got some Ninjak as well. Yeah, god awful, god awful. The period where he's a video game character. That's yeah, and he's he's a ten year old boy sort of thing, and yeah, he can become kind of Shazam. That's it. Yeah, but he's a yeah, he becomes a video game character because video games. (laughs) They were all the rage in the nineties, especially if you were a company that made them and bought out a comic book company. Yeah. Um. But no, no, I would be interested, you know, be interested to dive into the back catalogue and, yeah, 
see. But I don't think anyone's going to top Dead Drop in terms of... <laughs> He's just such a high, high-low bar. It is. <laughs> it is. Um. Yeah, I, I think some more Valiant, like, deep dive. Cere- yeah. Let's just do, let's do the Gen Zero. Oh, yeah. Experiment. <laughs> Justice for Generation Zero. Um, and we will be back soon with a non-Valiant non. <laughs> episode yeah, of we just two. want to reiterate that there will be some variation. Yeah, it's not all, it's not going to be all Valiant all the time, but it could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it could. There are other people doing Valiant podcasts yeah. and some of the ones I follow, even they have kind of gone, hey, should we do some that aren't yeah. about Valiant? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I've i enjoyed digging into this. Yeah, it's it, been I will say, good. while it is a confusing read, it is an easy read. Yeah, it is. We'll give it that. Um, Points for that. And some of it is funny, and some of it, it yeah, weird i am trash but i am victorious trash <laughs> is i think we should have that on a t-shirt print it, yeah yeah so we've been angela and zach collectively dead drop than capes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i guess we'll continue to be and remember that comics are <laughs> bigger, bigger than, than capes, capes. <laughs>